Another, yet another service or another box. Um, <clears throat> but we have to. What's up? We're uh, like the traveling, the traveling crew. When it comes to the, the traveling pants. Yes, that's exactly what we are. Hackers <laughs> without borders. Very true. Uh, we're living in the cloud. It's that cloud life, yo. <laughs> Um, yeah, so um, how's everybody doing? How was everyone's weekend? Pretty good. Pretty good. Today's been pretty uh, fun. Hanging out? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely been a, an exciting day today. <laughs> in, yeah. in what way? Uh, you know, just with various things posted to cyclists.org. <laughs> some, some interesting uh, interesting news today on all fronts, really. Yes, we will get into that. Yeah, the uh, the people in zero day that just popped uh, a couple hours ago. There yeah, that one's, <laughs> that one's interesting. It uh, definitely seems, that you said it before, someone said it didn't seem real because it was so simple. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it definitely didn't seem real. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it, uh, yeah, I, I won't, I won't say too many of the specifics, but it, it was uh, in review for a little while because, uh, yeah, people just weren't sure, and people like I still get people messaging me, first of all, asking me how to use it, which, like, I stopped being, like no learn and i just started getting rude <laughs> which is you know i'm tired whatever leave me alone <laughs> but stop asking me to help you to root boxes yeah. <laughs> yeah, a, lot of, a lot of a lot of popular forums use people's and it's been out for a long time so yeah it's definitely a big blow and uh, people are probably scrambling to get that updated uh asap Although yeah this is zero days so is it is it at, is there even a patch available not that I know of. And uh, DuffCon.org uh, got popped. That's <laughs> oh, good stuff. Yeah, I was just saying earlier that uh, Bodybuilding.com has 17 million uh, users. So I would imagine that's probably uh, target number one. <laughs> I think we're going to have a lot. So we've been... You know, we've been running on stale credentials on places like uh, We Leak Info and uh, what? What are some of the other ones? Um, I'm drawing a blank, but they, any of those credential sites that aren't Troy's uh, that actually give the password. Or we've been running on stale data for a while now, and now we have a nice little refresh. Because there's going to be like at least a couple 
I'm gonna say like at least a billion after all is said and done, a billion yeah. refreshed credentials for mm-hmm. all of our enjoyment. Does yeah. this mean that I have to take down my Halo fan fiction bulletin board anymore? <laughs> <laughs> really <Yeah. fun. laughs> Um yeah, no, I mean there's there's a lot of stuff that's just old too. Well you said though, you did you say that it only affects anything in the five dot like versioning? Yep. Five versioning. Uh, yeah, so it's not going to be anything that's too old. So if you had your Halo fan site um, from or fan fiction site from you know ten years ago that used to be built in, it, I mean, there's probably other exploits that it would be vulnerable to, but not this one in particular. I wonder. I I, I would. It's too bad uh, that the person that did it. Uh, I won't say it's too bad, but it's just. Well, yeah, it is. It's too bad that we can't like get inside their head and just ask them, "Hey, how did you find it?" Um, because it's such a crazy one. Uh, yeah. I'm super curious. I have my uh, like whoever did it for those. Sorry, I'm jumping right in, but might as well, right? So whoever dropped this vulnerability dropped it totally anonymously through an anonymous remailer, Gorilla Mail, uh, to not only Seclists, but places like uh, Packstorm and all, all the other places. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't attribute to themselves in any reasonable way. Although if you're, you know, if you maybe know the way yeah, you, you might be able to figure it out if you're really close with them. But anyways, the point is there's no real attribution. And I think that's cool. Like uh, just cool. dropping a zero day for chaos. There's, there's no logo. There's no website. There's no uh, thought leader like person who's going to do a talk about it. It's just there it is. I love it. The I love way it should style. be. <laughs> that, that is Pure chaos. Style. Yeah, chaos mode. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. And I mean, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see the next couple of days um, as what, as to what gets, you know, actually breached instead of just for lulls um, and, you know, what comes down. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of big websites that use it. There's a lot of unsavory websites that use it. Although what does um, uh, raid forms and hack forms use? They don't use e do they? Uh, I checked immediately and no, they don't. Okay. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> check any of those for it. was like I, one of the... Those were like some of, the, <laughs> like like the first five. I checked yeah. raid, uh, hack forums, uh, and like the 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 five obvious ones. I checked. Yeah. You know who who does have a history of using those? As uh, uh, certain terrorist groups have a history of using these. They're gonna yes. be on the run. And <laughs> they're, they're not gonna be happy with this. They're getting dumped and just fucking yeah they're getting backdoored and all that right now i I don't i don't think there's a whole lot of those folks actually have like any vpn protection either so if they're not using some kind of obfuscated creds in before drones yeah yeah as you're saying there's a lot of there's a lot of like terrorist groups there's a lot of you know like weird you know hate groups and just bizarre communities that use it that you know might be doing unsavory things and this is just what somebody needs to uh take them down so uh rip yeah. to all of you 
uh, really what the building was designed for though is Halo fan fiction though. So let's be honest, like that's really the biggest loss here. <laughs> What's pretty funny about it though is like the complexity of the bug is pretty low. Like eval template shit. Like what? what? Yeah. Why? Who wrote this? <laughs> like, yeah. It's just send send me code to eval. That's what I want in my PHP applications. Yeah, and I think like when it comes to finding stuff like this, if you have a copy of vBulletin and you grep it for like eval and you get any responses, like start looking that straight. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like any any PHP application or any you know like malicious function lists, like, bam, look at those. <laughs> yeah, I don't do code them. review, and I haven't written PHP in years. Uh, but like that, like that, even in my head is the first step, right? Like, <laughs> where where are we running code like from somewhere else? So, oh, and also, I, oh sorry, what were you gonna say? I think my favorite part of this whole thing though is the google dork mm -hmm. just site colon star dot v bulletin dot net <laughs> just any just anything really dns dumpster um yo but sh quick shout out to curious uh rxid 06 09672 for gifting out five uh subscriptions to this channel thanks a lot okay. so, um, the real but yeah, no, definitely that, that Google dork, uh, good shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so the next story that we have on on here, well, it's not even those later on in the, in the notes. But I'm glad we talked about it first. Um, the next thing we have on here though is about uh, Clown Sterling, our uh, pals uh, over there clicking <laughs> clicking away, um, decrypting or supposedly decrypting um, RSA keys. This is just like everybody just basically clowned on them pretty much immediately once this video came out, which they like had to hide, and then now it's public again. Um, but yeah, they were just claiming that they could crack these keys, but they were they were doing it like with stock tools that people use. Like it's not really anything that's big. I think the the other important thing that they did uh, was use like really weak keys as well. Yep. So they it's clearly like stunt material. They're like. What's the, like, they, and they didn't even stunt it. Like if you were going to crack a key live, you would use like, you know, like weak primes or like other known things that crack RSA keys. Yeah. Right? That's just, hilarious. Like, we'll just generate a shitty key and then we'll be like, yeah, we did it in five hours. Like, Yeah, it was funny. I was like, oh, they solved like a weak RSA, like CTF challenge, like way to go. That, that, so they literally solved the second <laughs> chat entry challenge although they <laughs> right, solved yeah. it in a lamer way than they would have if they had to actually solve it so yeah pretty cool uh, yeah, <laughs> shout out rqb for making that um Lip. yeah one second um but yeah no it's just interesting though that they keep coming back with more stuff that just i don't know just it's just it's funny when people try to do snake oil things and then it's something that is like there are people who know and deal with this stuff and they, they constantly claim it too. They're like very few people know how any of this works. They don't know anything about encryption, they don't know anything about keys, not anything about, you know, you know, basically anything. And they're the people who know everything. But then people who actually know this stuff and study it and have like, you know, doctorates in this specific field, they're just like, what? Like, it's just like so bafflingly stupid. They keep coming back with the same thing and not letting it die. So yeah, I would just uh, advise to keep clowning when you can. Yeah, if I, if like just be quiet, 
you've been done. You've you've been seen. Like it's over. Yeah. Reminds me of like a shitty magician. Like, is this your card? No. Is this your card? No. Is this your card? <laughs> like <laughs> on the fifty-second card. Yeah. Big. <laughs> it's like I forgot what the card is. Puts one card at the bar on the deck and pulls it up. Was, was this it? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Good stuff. I um, just want to throw that in there because it was people were talking about it. So yeah. Uh, cool thing is though, uh, GitHub is now a CVE numbering authority. Um, I think, well, I, I don't think this is going to end well. You don't think so? No, because like if you submit, like if you try to get a CVE for like no name WordPress plugin that seven people use, like you currently mm-hmm. don't get one. But yeah. based on like the way that GitHub do like vulnerability detection, you know, mm-hmm. like, your, like your weekly security mm-hmm. alerts or whatever, I feel like what's what's going to happen is that like some really shitty bugs are going to start getting CVEs and it was like cheap and like CVEs are already like not that special. Not like acknowledgement that a bug exists, but at least if there's a CVE, you like look it up and you're like, oh yeah, it's this product. This is just like, if they start just giving them out a little bit too freely, which is what I think will happen, is that it'll like create more noise and less information. It takes people to like look at and analyze each CV, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. That'll be interesting. I don't know if it'll anything will like really change. Um, I think it might, right? I imagine GitHub's going to do it in a way that will make it easier to apply. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's already like like uh, see like CV assign a monitor or whatever. You're like, hey monitor, give me yeah. this. You're like, no, because it's crap. You're like, <laughs> but why why does GitHub want that anyway? Uh, well, like their push lately, right, has been. Uh, where like they'll notify you if your repos are vulnerable to like recent cv whatever uh and so like if you take like step back and take a look at it it seems like it almost makes sense seeing how they're doing stuff with like uh vulnerability like monitoring and that kind of stuff um so in that kind of way i feel like it's kind of a natural extension of what they've what they're trying to do yeah but like that's like saying uh, I'm going to go buy a car from the dealership. And so why should I have to go to another place to get a license for driving my car? I should just be able to get a license at the dealership. Like, oh, I agree. I, and I don't know that that's, I, it does seem like a natural extension, but I can see why that would cause problems. I mean, a secondary, well, I think mean, Microsoft's already a CNA, right? Like they, but they have their own internal numbering system anyway. Yeah. Um, so, they could have always like piggybacked off that. I guess it's a way for, maybe it's a way for Microsoft to get those hooks into that open source community just a little bit more. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it's a, I think it's a good thing. And like, if anything, they're gonna bring, they're gonna herd the cats a little bit better. Uh, Miter is, you know, Miter does what they can do, but. I think Mitre is maybe a little understaffed and a little. They're definitely not the only CNA though. Like as part of the process of like uh, vulnerability analysis um, at certain vendors, um, like it's a a process of the analyst doing 
analysis and then messaging somebody with the you know bugzilla and being like hey uh can i have a cve and they're like get one out of the pool yes <laughs> this analyst who is an analyst has done their analysis um we trust that and then that assign you know assign the cv that way so it's not always down to MITRE, and there are people who are like employed full-time to look at at bugs i guess so i don't know yeah i just think that uh github like the way they operate is supposed to be like pretty efficient and i feel like they're going to try to bring some sort of like efficiency and whatnot like to that process which like, like i said i haven't gone through the process of applying for one but i feel like uh they're trying to make it like the easiest and like nicest way to do that. Uh, and in doing so, I'm sure they'll, they have some sort of insight to gain out of it, but. Yeah. I mean, the, oh, there's a lot of statistics on, um, uh, CV analysis. So, so like relationships between, um, assigned CVs and associated CWEs and, you know, all those kind of metrics are things that are, going on that we don't always see as well um yeah so if they're having if they're getting like the code analysis results like from straight like static analysis of all their repos um which is generating you know your weekly security alert people are still using the platform and then so uh being like okay well this week we assigned this many cbs and they were mostly you know xss so they were mostly buffer overflows or whatever um yeah there's some pretty good metrics to have like where people are fucking up the most yeah for sure also uh shout outs to, to zlz for his cv he, he just got uh, i think last week what did he get one for uh now i don't remember i have to go look it up <laughs> <laughs> shout out zlz um uh, yo so the next uh story we have in here um Pretty cool. The data of four or 24.3 million Lumen PDF users uh, released. So Lumen PDF, I didn't even know this was. This is just a thing that's always in your Google Drive that you see, and it's like open with Lumen PDF. And you're like, all right, whatever. Like, doesn't really like provide anything. I never be like, oh yeah, I gotta go in my Lumen Lumen PDF account to look at my PDFs. But um, yeah, so apparently this uh, they had a a, a MongoDB um, <clears throat> server that just had no uh, password and they just had it up and people were able to grab them. Um, and so apparently the people who um, had done this, the person who had leaked it was um, like trying to contact them for a while and they were contacted a bunch of times but they were just ignored them so then they just leaked it which is classic tale. Um, but yeah, the thing is though is that this had what is still unconfirmed i guess that it doesn't or that these have valid google access tokens um so these would be able to like if somebody had your google drive token they'd be able to access your google drive you know and so uh yeah there's it's been disputed about it but then it's there's not really no one's confirmed it or you know like except for the company has denied it but that's what the person says um so i don't know <laughs> i guess well, the only way to really like protect is just to unlinked lumen pdf from your account so they won't have access if they do if someone does have an access token of yours that is valid but isn't that man this is that's terrible um i mean mostly if you think about like google drive as being people's android photo backup 
you know? Um, yeah. But I was under the impression that the tokens that were generated were for individual files. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. It was the entire drive. Um, I don't. I don't really know. I mean, I, I don't know what the scope of the token has access to because I know that there's different levels of access. But Lumen PDF yeah. it comes stock with Google Drive. It's not something you have to add. It's like a. It's like a default app that you get. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, like I would imagine that you would click on Lumen PDF. It generates a token and opens the file. That's that's what I would hope is like the model. Yeah, because then because you, you there's more apps that would get connected. I don't know. Maybe I'm totally wrong, and it's just got everything. Yeah, that's one of the few third-party apps though that is is listed in Google Drive. So I don't know. I don't know how to check like the scope of a Google Drive access token. If anybody you know is able to figure that out, let us know. Um, but yeah, I mean, regardless though, that is you know the fact that that is something that does come with you know Google Drive, and there is the possibility of not only your you know usernames and password. I don't know if that's for the website or for, it would be for Google, but for stuff for the PDF, but access tokens being leaked is definitely not, not something that's cool. Those are like long-term tokens that are generated for each user that get used by the application if you ever op open a PDF in your, in your Google Drive. So, yeah. I mean, this is, this is also another like, you know, MongoDB lol internet. Like, stop doing that. Yeah, like it, it tells you Every time it's like you are operating in secure mode every time that you open up the Mongo shell. Like if you don't have if you don't have that, then you're just like, ah oh, yeah, just throw it into fraud. Like but, like, it, but it just works. Is this TV still out there? Um, There's a correlation I, between yes, people I think it is. Sorry. Jen, so um, even yeah. if you change your password, it'll still be vulnerable. Yeah, well, that would be if the tokens are valid, if there is a valid token contained in there, but nobody has confirmed it yet. I think it's because nobody has tried it. I don't know. I mean, someone find it and try it, I guess. <laughs> I'm not going to say, yo, do it, but I mean, if you find your own uh, well, account in there. Do it. Um, but yeah, drop the link uh, either on Twitter or uh, somewhere where we can find it. And uh, yeah, let's let's verify it. I don't think there's anything. Is there? Is there anything illegal verifying something like that? As long as you're. I think if you uh, are testing it from the data that's already made public, and you don't actually like use somebody yeah. else's account to test it. So if you're doing yeah, it offline, use, use your own account, account. Obviously, I was gonna say don't. Yeah. I wasn't gonna suggest doing it on any random account, but definitely if you find your account in there, if you're lucky enough to be in this. Uh, 24.3 million chosen ones. Um, definitely try that out because that's a lot of people um, to have access to token fleet. And Google Drives have a lot of data. They just yeah, yeah. And if you're in a country without jurisdiction, then well, still definitely don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, bling bling. So yeah, the next story that we have on here, yep. uh, 125 new flaws are found in routers and NAS devices in this uh, giant uh, report or study um, that just looked at a ton of different um, Soho routers and NAS devices and just found a ton of stuff. There's the whole group matrix of, of nice little bones. And actually, did I even throw the uh, show notes into here? 
Man, um, surprise. Yep. Like, all the Soho routers suck. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, but this is just, like, when you just... It's just impressive when you just have, like, 125 bones, and then you have to have a whole matrix like this. It's just always the best. Um, so, yeah, there's auth bypass. There's command injection on pretty much every single one of them. Um, XSS, um, you know, file upload, um, path traversal, like everything, pretty much every 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 vault you want. Um, yeah. Specifically, command injection though is of interest um, because this just adds a whole other set of once once somebody makes a really horrible Python script and puts it on Facebook somewhere, or someone leaks it on Discord, um, there's going to go uh, or be avenues for um, new bots to be loaded um, for botnets. So. Yeah, Rip. it's pretty funny. Like, I was, I was actually talking to someone the other day about, uh, like, your average infosec guy who, like, water cooler talk, where they're like, oh, no, I, you know, D-Link were good routers from this time to this time. Oh, no, Netgear, like, are, are better now. Like, it's not. They all suck. Yeah. Yeah. Real no, they've just always, always been, it's always been something. Yeah. If you want yeah. something good, you're going to have to pay and learn how to use it. Uh, you build something like you know, PF sense boxes or whatever on your gateway. Like relying on these types of routers is, uh, yeah, sketchy. But yeah, um, definitely um, take a look more at the study. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, just wait to see more POCs to come out for this, but something to uh, look at for sure if you own any of these kinds of routers, which uh, you probably do. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm actually taking a look over the list right now. Um, so yeah, the next person, or the next person, the next uh, story on here is about this uh, person who was arrested for stealing bands' unreleased music. And so this 19-year-old from the UK was uh, arrested for stealing oops, stealing um, unreleased songs from musicians' websites and cloud accounts, and then just selling the music for cryptocurrency. So you gotta turn the echo there. Yeah, it's like farmer, you are echoing very badly. Yeah. Any band um, that we would know? So yeah, I, um, yeah, Radiohead was mentioned, but I didn't yeah, see I didn't see anything about cryptocurrency stuff. What was that about? No, I think that that was a completely different one because we talked about that before. Somebody had had oh. tried to to extort Radiohead. Um, from releasing music that they ended up just releasing anyway for free. Yeah. So they, they, they I don't know the, the full details of this. This is just on Sophos's blog. Um, I mean, I would be interested to see what bands were being, you know, having stuff stolen from them. I mean, like it's interesting because, like, first off, people are paying for uh, music. <laughs> Most people are streaming <laughs> like <YouTube laughs> services. Like, you know, yeah. people are paying with crypto. It's some shady back, you know, back other way to get, like, the new, like, Drake song. Like, I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, so there's this, there is a pretty big underground. It, they call them stems and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Uh, yeah. There's, like, stem trading communities on Reddit and stuff. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I could actually see this being probably pretty big money. Uh, yeah, also, a lot of the EDM okay. producers... Complain yeah, get a vocal track. Stuff. Yeah, there's stuff that's from 2009. If you want to just put your uh, like send one Bitcoin to one thug's Bitcoin address and we'll sort you out. 
Yeah. <laughs> one whole Bitcoin, though? I mean, come on. <laughs> Yo, it's, it's unreleased, bro. Unreleased? No. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's one Bitcoin. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just, I'm, uh, yeah, same here. I uh, so yeah, you're you're right. It, they were just referencing the previous story about Radiohead, and mm-hmm. but but in the story it says they can't release the person's name because due to their age. But you just said they were 19, so I'm wondering, is it because they were underage when they committed the crimes, or what the hell? Why why aren't they releasing their name? Yeah, I don't know. That's very um, yeah, there's not a lot of details in this article specifically, but it's um it's interesting though. I mean, they were they were he was fishing, or this person was fishing, uh, or no no no, this was another one. Sorry, there's there's like multiple stories that are in this article that are linked together, and it's like hard to see sometimes. Um, but yeah, people had fished fished um you know artists and stuff. So if he was stealing them from cloud accounts, I mean, I would imagine that this would be you know um some similar tactic of just fishing. I actually remember there being a rash of uh, of MIDI-based uh, exploits that came out about a year ago, actually, now. And all I could think was, man, that would be perfect to just send to a studio or a recording studio or whatever. And, like, it, it, there's not a lot of... Uh, there's not a lot of motivation for music studios to do software updates if their stuff's working because mm-hmm. yeah. there's a lot of room for software updates to completely screw up your setup. Uh, OBS being a really good example of that. <laughs> I mean, <You> know, <laughs> like, every, every VST is like, like a lot of VSTs are not written to be secure either is the other thing. So Yeah. If you target something big, like if you found something in like, I don't know, like Massive or Silent Farm or I don't know, one of those VSTs, like like anything. Auto-tune even, right? Like Pro Tools, like you target that stuff. It's almost like ICS in a way then. Like it's this closed off kind of small community that doesn't like patching. That's almost the exact same type of environment that breeds like this this really big surface area that's just waiting to get owned. If you do actually have a really good uh, phishing campaign that is targeted at musicians, send it through to rapper at gmail.com. <laughs> Shout out to White Cracker. Yeah. <laughs> there, is a, there is a pretty important distinction though between an ICS environment and like anything that's abstract like music production like in those types of environments if they're not patching and it's a systemic problem it's not because there's like a pragmatic reason a lot of times it's just because you know there it's sometimes it's out of fear which i guess is a valid motivator but if there's no real pragmatic reason behind that fear then is that not the same as just being lazy yeah no with like door patching and stuff, it's like the uh, digital digital audio workstation stuff. If you if you patch, say you've, you've been working on a track for a while and you patch like one VST, like one plugin, and it breaks, like that track is could potentially be in the yeah. bin. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's that's your money. That's your income. So, yeah, to so those people, people 
Yeah, it's to them, I would argue that those artists view it very much the same way as ICS. That's critical infrastructure to their livelihood. And, uh, <laughs> they're getting a little out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they don't want to mess with their uh, they don't want to mess with what's what's working's working, you know. Uh, yeah. I will say though that uh, crying to Radiohead isn't lame. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Shout crying out. to Radiohead is not lame. <laughs> um good stuff so yeah that's i don't know i'm just (laughs) kind of baffled by the whole story um there's a lot to come out i guess we'll see what happens in the future um the thing that i wanted to share hermit just sent me something it was interesting so as you all know hermit loves google uh dorking and she got a new kind of captcha that she's actually going to redact and post i think um that asks you to copy and paste just like a weird long hash that's only valid for two minutes into a box. You just copy it and paste it. But for her, it's not working and she can't like proceed to follow the capture. Like she did the action and it just doesn't work. Yeah. Is it, it's still through uh, recapture though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you have to enable JavaScript on one of the domains in order for it to work. Oh, so basically you're, you're copying and pasting the capture for the purpose of what solving the capture for some bot yeah that's how you solve it you basically have to copy it and paste it as if it, it's a lot easier to automate copying and pasting than it is to do image recognition and like edge detection for like specific objects <laughs> you know <laughs> like, I, I would like to point out on just hermit's google docking that you know you are what you eat and so i think she might have become the dork there are some apis where you can uh take a screenshot of the dom and send it along and somebody will return a valid captcha solution yeah no absolutely this is what i'm just saying it's it's definitely a lot easier to copy and paste from a text box do do you know of any of those uh sites offhand like i'm curious what the top captcha solver site is and it's not illegal to outsource your captcha solving I want to be lazy for a week. I want to. I want to outsource it. Where can I go anybody, to do that? If anybody has anything, uh, you can add the crowd or drop it in the chat. Yeah. Um, I think that would be interesting to explore for a little bit. There's that proxying technique as well that spammers use, where uh, you just trick somebody into doing a capture for some other reason, and like in the mm-hmm. it's like proxy <laughs> capture to like sign up to Gmail or something. I don't know. Yeah. You have know you know? ever done the Thug crowd cap? I mean the capture the uh, but, it's for, but it's for something else that's freaking hilarious <laughs> yeah it's the same thing with um like you can apply it across to like uh sms to fa sms verification email verification like you know yeah i was thinking about that right? yeah it's, oh, so it's if you, the same concept if you're if you're hot swapping a captcha how do you validate the cap do you if you do the captcha wrong and it works does that mean that it's a fake captcha some there's a surprising amount of fake captures out there. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they don't validate properly. I'm just like a observer. I feel like they've solved captures well, and they're not solved captures and they've just worked. So I'm curious. Well, the thing about like how captures work, right, is uh they're using it to train the algorithms. So it gives you like, for example, 
like three things that it knows and one thing that it doesn't. Like the old one where you would write out the text, it would give you one word that it knows and one word that it didn't. So as long as you entered the correct word that it knows, it just completely ignores the second part because it doesn't actually know what it is, and you're it's using you to train the algorithm. Oh man! So how can it validate it if it doesn't know what it looks like? It it doesn't. It uses that. It uses that to create a large enough data set that over time, uh, if you know a thousand people answer like what is this word right like the overwhelming majority are going to fill it incorrectly and so it doesn't it doesn't like matter if you actually know what it is uh it's just asking you and it's, eventually uh, the data set's large enough that it doesn't matter if you answer it wrong right and and, and this is attack where they they fed it uh i can't remember who did it but it reminded me like one of those like anonymous 4chan man mask people uh but they were feeding one of the capture servers. I don't think it was. I'm not sure if it was recaptured, but they were feeding it um, the incorrect answer so many times that eventually it became the correct answer. Yeah, exactly. That was some time right. ago, but yeah. That's that's the danger of all of these unsupervised learning techniques because there's they they intentionally don't have a human validating any of it, so you can have that stuff sneak into your data set. It's really yeah. I, I, I don't believe in it. There's there's a lot of stuff you could do about that. And where you have like a like a surety factor based on what it could look like, right? It could look like this thing, and obviously if it's like a three-letter word, and you know the answer is like ten letters, right? It's going to be like, okay, well I know that this can't be right through this like weird process of elimination on size, etc., etc., etc. Insane differences. Yeah, yeah. So I like there's a bit like a bit you can do to kind of uh, weed that stuff out. Uh, but I think in yeah in the case of recapture, I mean they just completely changed their their algorithm, right? They're not doing that anymore. Um, but there's obviously always ways to filter filter through things. Mm -hmm. I was just curious on a crude uh, overview. If you're running the uh, crack capture network distributed worldwide, does it give you like a capture ID for that instance, and then whatever your responses are, it passes that back. Maybe that's what, how it does the pivoting. I don't know. I really want to start looking into this, though. That sounds so interesting. Um, I'm about to post it in uh, the Twitch chat. I researched it for a project where I would hit uh, a certain movie rating website that has notoriously bad captures. Like most people have the official brand name capture where you have to like click on an image, but they are still doing the early 2000s thing where they have like a static image of garbled text. Yeah. And that's the sure. best use case for that. Good stuff. Um, Tesseract basically breaks that if you uh, have the right stuff loaded, right? The image oh, yeah. The, just going back to what, uh, what Hermit found, that's actually been around for quite some time i think the only time you encounter it though is if you're on tour and you're blocking most uh most javascript but not all it's like it, there's a bunch of really weird conditions that you have to mm -hmm. make happen in order for that to come up but if she's able to to get it to reproduce uh much more frequently uh, that's uh 
it, it says that she wasn't able to get it to work so yeah i think i think her device fingerprint is probably just blacklisted at this point so who knows yeah so that's the thing is they actually they actually do have like a unsolvable flag where they'll just keep presenting you captures even though they have decided they're not going to let you pass which i think is pretty messed up because you know there's time is finite like i think they're like they're wasting a bunch of people's time um for for stupid crap you know yeah and you know when there's like the image ones it's like like is there a car in this square or whatever and you look and it's like part of the tail light kind of deal you're like is there a car i don't know am i a robot now yeah (laughs) yeah and why can't you tell what a car is if we're doing autonomous vehicles yeah yeah Yeah. my favorite is like the ones where you're like there's like a single layer like two pixels of like a stop sign it's like select all the stop signs and like do i really select like this this box like it's barely there right it's only like two pixels of a stop sign select extra stuff just like just always select log stuff that's my little do you know you're connected to a real self-driving car somewhere making decisions on the fly good yeah. oh, the phone how much blood is on your hands sir <laughs> good indeed select all pedestrians to murder um so the next story we have in here we want, wait unless there's anyone had anything else to say are you gonna yeah, no i just said that got dark the pico, yeah. oh. <laughs> pico has his hands up there. oh what's up pico I think he's high-fiving us. I think he, yeah, he's high-fiving us. I was, <laughs> I was going to start using uh, the hand gesture if, we're, if we need to, but. I don't I, look at uh, it, so I don't know. I actually oh, so, don't know how to set it. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. And I feel like I still haven't even fixed it, so please no one send me a link through Zoom chat. You make um, it sound so much more uh, sordid, the hand gesture. <laughs> well, the hand job thingy. It's the hand jobby whatever thingy <laughs> that's available in Zoom chat. Yeah, yeah. the hand raising thing. On the yeah. participants tab thing, it's like you can raise a hand, lower hand. Like, hey, I want to say something. You do. <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh, There's there that. it is. Yeah. There we go. I still, I still couldn't change the settings for Zoom to um. To, for Linux, for some reason, it's using the Wine browser, and so I can't, I can't change it because when I open the link through Zoom, it then does the thing where it opens up like a million processes of it and then crashes. Um, so, rip. You should just move the Wine winery somewhere else, rename it. That's true. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know how I'll run Internet Explorer six. Oh, my man. browser. Can't <laughs> How will you run Internet Explorer 5.5? <laughs> um, so the next vulnerability that we have, or the next story we have here, is vulnerability um, in the uh, AMD ATI Radeon uh, shader D- or DLL. Um, that's a shader that has RCE, uh, which is pretty cool. I didn't really like. There's a bit of info about it. There's like vulnerability advisory, but this is one of those things where I don't know enough about 
any of this stuff that, that ever comment on it. I was reading this report. I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I just want to, I just want to point out like shaders are ridiculous math code. Yeah. And it, it's, no, like, it's amazing with hardware and stuff. And like, I, okay, there's an RC in it. Okay, that's bad. That's I know that much. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's running like you know, uh, it has a kernel privilege and bad. Okay. Yeah. So for stuff like this, though, so it's saying like loading a malicious shader um, through this. art. I don't even. I don't have like a gaming computer. I don't really know much about graphics cards. Um, are things like like shaders that are going to be loaded by the graphics card in like a directory that's protected like do you have to does it have to be or is it usually something that is protected or is it like some third party thing that you just kind of have in like you know slash users you know documents no, it's, protected. Really. It's, it's, a, it's a system like a, like okay a yeah i wasn't sure if, i wasn't sure if it was something like like you could do okay I wasn't sure if it was something like you could just load some weird file or something and just like have it and switch it out like through like low priv and then uh you could call no you can't call it because that's how like your games and stuff run as like a nobody and then uh and do whatever like so mm -hmm. it's potential like i assume it's going to be exploitable from userland but more interestingly uh it can be triggered within a vmware guest and it's a yeah. potential vm escape like that's crazy mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that's really cool. Yeah, I definitely got to read a bit more about this. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's a bunch of extra stuff that I'm just not as familiar with at all. I felt so cool when I learned x87, like, FPU commands, but those aren't even like, applicable anymore. <laughs> this is, like, so much more absurd. Um, but, yeah, um, cool stuff. Um, so the next one is the real juicy story. This is the Air Force is bringing a satellite. Or no, it's not bringing a satellite. They are opening up a satellite for hacking um, at DEFCON next year, which we were going to talk about before, but this is, it came out like, or I was aware of it right after I finished making the notes, so I didn't add it, but this is pretty cool. So, they um, stole their idea. Wait, what? I, mean, I don't, they stole their idea. Oh, they, they totally did. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you guys been, oh, I'm, I don't need to ask this question, but I'm just for the sake of the podcast, when, like, you've been to, the DEFCON villages when they have like some big thing like this and mm -hmm. it's just like packed full of stinky nerds and like I'm not comfortable sitting around there hacking all day on the side of the yeah. well this is why you um, send a malicious shader before <laughs> DEFCON yeah. Um, but yeah no this is um, it's. I mean yeah it's definitely going to be a very very controlled environment I mean this is like an active satellite that is being actively is actively orbiting the earth right now um i mean it's definitely really cool i mean the thing that they're doing is they're trying to move a camera that's on a satellite and aim it at the moon which is like pretty sick like just thinking that there's anybody who would you know be able to, to pull that off um successfully after probably not very much time of reverse engineering the actual like application and like the protocols that are needed to communicate with the ground station and then send commands up to the satellite. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure most of that stuff is confidential. Um, so it's not really like, I don't know what they're going to send over to them, but it's definitely going to be some really cool stuff. Uh, I've definitely yeah. heard of instances where, you know, source code for certain um, spacecraft was made available on the, uh, you know, internets. Yeah. Uh, 
was made available to what? I'm sorry. Just on the on the internet. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, really? Wow, that's some. I mean, I, I wouldn't know when or where to find it, but uh, it was, it was, <laughs> you know. that sounds pretty sweet. I mean, I, like I I think the biggest I I'm guessing the hardest thing is the ability to transmit and like point your antennas correctly and all that jazz you're not gonna have to do that though because you'll be able to hit the ground station so you're gonna have to do something uh, that communicates uh, uh. with the ground station which that's like so when we were exploring the idea of the thug crowd space force cubesat project um that was one of the things that we were actually looking into i think sec farmer you were you were helping out with that with um with uh, Amazon because AWS was was releasing what they called AWS Ground Station, where if you had a satellite or were planning to launch a satellite, you could use AWS to be a virtual ground station for you, and they would have ground stations all over the world that you could basically hook up to, similar to like different regions, and then be able to use very expensive satellite equipment um, for much cheaper than it would be to to build your own ground station, um, and so that's probably the 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 key way in is is by, you know, hitting a ground station or understanding like what what way that forwards data to the satellite and then attacking that. Super interesting. Yeah, definitely really cool. I mean, it's it's something that so we had the idea though too of of basically the exact same thing of launching a CubeSat, which that was pretty much the only prohibitively expensive part. It cost several tens of thousands of dollars to launch even a basic CubeSat, and you also have to have a pretty uh, squeaky clean criminal record to uh, launch a satellite as well. Wait, um, really? I thought you um, basically just rented, uh, not rented, but you uh, you just, you, you essentially, it was like chartering a private flight. It's you have to like apply for like uh like an airline like I don't know what it would be called it's like like the the air the like air and satellite air and space version of like a call sign or something you have to like basically have like a license for it that you have to apply for and that's pretty much it but it's like a, a long process so it's not like easy sure. to just be able to launch stuff into space. Unfortunately, you weren't able to get the call sign dick butt, huh? <laughs> I went out and did uh, we actually try? Because we, no, we, we didn't try, try. but Let's we can. See. If we do go apply for it, we'll definitely be uh, dick butt. All right. <laughs> I went out one night with one of those uh, AR type uh, apps where you look at the sky and it shows you where like space stuff is, it's like GPS and the camera. And, like the only thing I could find was like a Russian. Uh, like tank from like a rocket they launched in the 70s mm. and it's like obviously got no active parts it's just like a tank floating and i was really disappointed like oh cool that's the only thing that i have to see from here great yeah like a is, really there, is there really a, a russian tank floating in space somewhere no no like the tank of the rocket the like that still oh. <laughs> it was like discarded yeah. in space and they... it's like still in orbit and it's like it's got a little call sign thing and i was like oh cool what's this thing like look it up and it's like this is part of like russian debris and it will just stay in orbit forever it's like oh cool yeah we also didn't we also we're floating the idea 
of a weather balloon that yeah. you could hack out of the sky as well. And the objective would, would put money on the payload of that it would drop if you were to be able to send whatever commands it needed to cut it basically off of the balloon and then yeah. dump it into the desert. I but still think we should do it. Yeah, Why did we sell that? Um, because it's expensive. You need to have the money, the surprise money, and also to design the challenge and test it. And not all of us can get out to the desert as easily. But How much was a weather balloon? Like, uh, huh? is there is there a used weather balloon market? And if so, how much? Were I don't they? think they're that expensive. I think that the problem was just building the mechanism. You have to build something that can reliably like cut itself and, and explode the balloon, and also have the permits to fly it over Las Vegas. Just like, <laughs> the, well, yeah, yeah. That, that's gonna be nobody's the, flying <laughs> over Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, like that's but, thing. You have to do it really far away, and then but the whole point would be a radio challenge. So. You want to be close enough, you know, but then also not interfering with any airspace in Las Vegas, which is big. And also, yeah. Um, but yeah, Cruises though. Cruises says uh, antenna design is essential if you can trick the satellite into thinking you're a ground station. So I don't think I don't know if that would be part of the objective um, because it'd be pretty pretty prohibitive for most people to have either their own ground station set up somewhere else on the Earth or bring the necessary equipment and have the licensing to transmit that much as a satellite to from you know from somewhere in las vegas right like where are you going to set up like a big satellite antenna like on the roof of your hotel like <laughs> they, they check your room and take away soldering irons like i feel like it wouldn't be like you know I, i've set some pretty big antenna arrays up in my hotel room i'm just saying yeah but for satellites that can control the satellite and steal steal the control of the satellite from the uh in the ground station. Uh, just, just malicious femt I saw just now. Uh, it was, it was somewhere between range, both of those. It was somewhere in between. <laughs> All right, before we uh, go any further with that point, let's talk about the next one here, which is uh, about Chef. So Chef um, that used to provide her. So I don't really follow too much of this drama here, but I threw it in there because it was an interesting point, a larger point to make. But this is, um, they're not re renewing. Um, their contract with ICE after um, the, who is it? The person who used to work for Chef had deleted code from GitHub um, that would basically make it work. Let uh, me call that aspect of the story. Can we just, yeah. Let's just like separate Chef from like, you know, Poppet and Chef and Ansible. So I, yeah, I don't even use Chef. And uh, it was on GitHub? Yeah. Like publicly on GitHub or privately on GitHub? I guess it was like a, it was public. I don't really know actually the whole details of that. The point, the reason I wanted to even bring us on here was because it's interesting that a company would have this sort of internal conflict and have people uh, removing aspects of their code to, you know, for whatever reason, you know, like not whether or not you agree with uh, what, he, what they did. It's still an interesting tactic though where somebody would just remove their code because they wrote it, but that code is critical to what they, um, you know, what the-, the No, it is, it's Chef, like, as in Puppet and Chef. So like, yeah, they yeah. the module, yeah, they remove, so people who don't work for ICE remove the module so that it couldn't be used. And yeah. then it caused them to no longer be able, like the, the software company to no longer have the contract anymore. That's cool. I think- yeah. uh, 
yeah that's that's pretty sweet um in in the from the perspective of being able to really get your point across um mm. through protest it it also shows you uh kind of your vulnerability when you're relying on uh, open source stuff uh, yeah production environments you know <laughs> no absolutely the most interesting thing, I mean, not the most, the biggest fuck up, I guess, on the on the companies who was using its part was that they didn't have a local repo because, you know, when you clone or Git repo, you have the whole thing. You can push it anywhere else. So they didn't, like, they didn't have one local backup, like one <laughs> local clone. Come on. The, the pipelines are too complicated. No, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty big thing, though. I mean, it's interesting, though, that somebody would be able to assert a point and literally cripple a company's operations or, or, you know, threatening to, I mean, I don't know how bad it would have actually been for Jeff in, in total, but I mean, realistically though, there are people who could pull their Git repos with, you know, very little short or very little notice and pretty much destroy like a lot of, of, um, you know, open source software that's being used in production like daily. And like things that are being, you know, automatically pulled to, that is based on you know CI/CD pipeline that you know grabs the latest version from Git. Yeah, this uh, this sort of reminds me of um, there was some threats. I don't think they ever actually happened where uh, people who had submitted code to the kernel Linux kernel under GPL v2 um, mm -hmm. were threatening to pull their code if their like code of conduct or whatever demands were not met. Um, mm -hmm. And like just pull code straight out. Did we talk about this? Was this a pro? I don't, I don't we made remember. Us. There's a few different times this I'm has sure happened. We touched on it at some point, but yeah, it's it's good yeah. to rehash it because it's going to keep coming up. It's going to keep happening, especially okay. with with the tensions and stuff happening right now. Yeah, we're going to keep seeing it. People just make demands. You're like, I, I submitted this code on the GPL v2 or whatever, and now I'm taking it back. I mean, like some people, like some, there's companies who have whole stacks that are built on some random person's open source project, right? And if right. somebody were to make a change to the underlying code, they're just, they're screwed. It's a supply chain attack realistically, but it's something that is motivated by the developer itself to just not have it exist anymore. Not to be malicious in my Bitcoin, but just like, nope, this just isn't going to work anymore. And you <laughs> so, definitely could have done more malicious things with that supply chain attack vector. Absolutely. I mean, this is like left pad, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I think left pad was less uh, intent, like less um, targeted intent and just straight up like chaos. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's pretty, I mean, there are stuff, though. We'll more things like this continue to happen. And um, shout out to everybody who does maintain an open source project. Um, love You're you. The real MVP. <laughs> or real. The last story that we have in our news here, um, it's pretty interesting too. These are Tibetan groups that are being targeted with uh, some one-click exploits. Um, just reading through this whole thing is interesting. Just the the screenshots are, I don't know, it's, it's just just weird. I mean, clearly it's China who also target Tibet, um, but these people were. <laughs> I, don't know, South Africa? <laughs> I was thinking about I was thinking about it the, the, the Simpsons joke where 
actually i'll tell it later hold on so the, the um there's people who they're basically there's people posing as um fake amnesty international people um fake reporters and all sorts of things and just testing on whatsapp and sending the sketchiest looking links i've ever seen like there are just these weird ones like there's like a lot of bitly links that they're sending for like no reason and then msap.services forward slash just like a couple of random characters and like yeah there's um it's a lot of that it's just been pretty weird <laughs> um but yeah so they're they're hitting them though with some you know some not things that are zero days but there's stuff that's you know still out there that we've talked about in the past for different iphone exploits um and so it's interesting uh article here just goes through how the malware actually works um yeah i don't know it's very interesting targeted attack fake amnesty international researcher that's really weird yeah no it's like it's it's it just it kind of reminds me of like the fake um uh secure drop thing as well just like having a level of extreme test trust by targeting people that are already marginalized and have been targeted and attacked in the past. And then saying, oh yeah, we're here to help tell your story. Tell us your secrets. Um, well, so. yeah, yeah. Definitely bad though. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Interesting how, so just like, Hack back. how much effort they've gone to do this as well. There's like, obviously this is like a, you know, serious operation that's gone into this mm -hmm. yeah no there's, there's I'm, been... I'm not sure what the goal is like is it, the goal is just like china v tibet is that it yeah china wants to just have tibet and have it be part of the um like china as a whole and be subject to all of china's laws i like that they created tibsert though what like Tibsa, the Tibetan uh, sends up a, a computer. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Tibsa, that's that's the now that's the new target. That's who they target next. Yeah. No, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, it, it's just it's weird to see, and it's like just unsettling to see how much time and energy they invest into this. It's very complicated, you know, <laughs> exploit stuff that they're, you know, big. Um, you know, these aren't like your run the nose spear fishing. Like it's very, very malicious. And so, yeah, interesting to just see a, a rundown of how this whole thing works from initial contact to like full on exploit. Um, the name Poison Cup. Yes. Doesn't like, doesn't like directly say China, but it basically does. <laughs> it sure does. Um, so yeah, does anybody have anything in the rest of the show notes that they wanted to discuss? Whoa, whoa, you had a Simpsons check. Where is it? Oh, it was, um, it was just, the the, it was one of the musicals that they had or something. And it was like, um, I heard over in Shelbyville, they legalized gambling because I saw a bumper sticker that yeah, said free to bet. That's what I thought about. Come <laughs> <laughs> on. I thought going to do like a poison, poison, tasty fish. Oh no! <laughs> I've always said that in my head. It's like free Tibet. Like I mean, clearly free Tibet. Fuck China, but the um, yeah, just <laughs> good, good pun. Oh yeah, and Deaf Hand. Yes, you are sub. Shout out to Curious again. Yeah, gave out all those subs. Hell yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Anybody have anything cool they want to talk about from 
the Goodreads or projects or cheats or anything? Oh man, there was a uh, QME KVM guest that'll be pretty interesting. So it's like, um, it's a, a guest to host escape, um, and it occurs. So there's a a, a diff that was posted to uh, OSS Sec today that should I think is probably on the link um, to patch the the host uh, sorry the guest driver, and then when the box is migrated. Um, it's that event is triggered um so that was pretty interesting where qmu kvm is probably used most is like on those uh, is like you know within like openstack nova so there's a high chance of in those uh computing clouds which are often again not patched because they're pretty hard to patch sometimes um so it's actually patched upstream it's patched like in all the vendor as far as i could see all the vendor um releases but I'm sure there's a lot of places that haven't patched it yet. There is uh, interesting. So there is yeah. a fucking ton of places that use this because the back end for some of the bigger things like Solus VM. Um, it's a uh, long story short, any of the low end host, uh, I think it's lowendhost.com or whatever, but any VPS provider that's out there essentially runs usually a version of vert or like there's open vert but there's all these different variations of vert uh and yeah like i i haven't actually read through this exploit yet how it works but so so the one key factor is to getting it to trigger is that the uh vm needs to be hot migrated it needs to be what migrated Hot migrated. So migrated while it's running from one host to another. Oh, oh yeah. So that's why I was saying like with OpenStack Nova, like that's like when you I, when you're migrating hosts like um across that cloud infrastructure, that's the underlying uh virtualization. That's, yeah, that's what makes it awesome. So okay, cool. cloud, yeah. But I mean it's one thing to be able to spin up a box on one of those uh, private clouds, like EDU clouds and stuff, but actually getting it to hot migrate, I don't know what that'll take. It's so pretty dependent on um, what the infrastructure at the site is, the underlying infrastructure. So what the load yeah. is like, you know, how can you maybe sp like spike the load to force it to have to go somewhere else? Right. Yeah. But Interesting. Yeah, it does require, yeah, it require it's it's this is requiring user interaction. Um, which I assume is the uh, the administrator actually making um, the choice to migrate it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like the problem with patching it is that if all the VMs are running on that box, then you, it's kind of hard, right? Because Oracle bought case blasts and ruined the world. <laughs> um, yo, this other phone within cheat codes is CBE 2019, uh, 165.18. Uh, this is a, <laughs> so it's a way to trigger um, or to change the, the temperature on um, on a vape via a Bluetooth that just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's another Bluetooth phone where you can just send things to it and it'll just pair with it and start sending it data. Um, but yeah, this, this can change the voltage, which, if you change the voltage super super high, it would just burn the person's mouth. <laughs> like, oh, it, or start 
it literally started a fire in their pocket. <laughs> yeah, you could do that too. I mean, yeah. depending on, I don't, I don't know too much about the specific bait platform, but if you are, you know, if there's other commands you can do, if voltage is the only one that you can do, I mean, that's still a lot of damage, but if there's anything like, if you can trigger the button and also do the voltage and just let that run, that would, that would pretty much cause a fire. Yeah. yeah. That's, like that's. You can crazy. find out the coil age, like, straight away. Yeah. The, it, oh my God. Yeah. The. The people that are super into vape stuff, like, they're always going on and on about the coils. And, oh, I burned my coil out. So, yeah, so coils yeah. Are people do that at like a lower voltage, too. Like, if you go up to like the, the maximum, especially with a modded vape, and it's like you can go up like super, super, like, like ignorantly high with voltage for no reason. Um, those kind of things, um, yeah, that would start a fire. Yeah, that's actually really bad for you, by the way. High voltage is like if you because you get more heat. So the coil has like a set resistance. You run the voltage through it, it heats up the heating element, and that's obviously what vaporizes the liquid. But if you mm -hmm. have a really high temperature, it actually produces. Well, I, from my understanding, is that it, it produces like more formaldehyde in smaller particles than a cigarette. Yeah, but no, all all around it's wicked bad to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like. If, it'll burn your mouth before it'll kill you from cancer or, you know, whatever, like. I mean, it, it's like, it actually turns it into smoke at a certain point, I gotta imagine, right? Like, you're uh, not atomizing it anymore. Now you're, you're actually just basically setting it on fire. <laughs> regular combustion? Yeah. You can definitely burn the wick. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen them catch on fire. <laughs> so that's, uh, Weave Botch, by the way. <laughs> of course, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, stuff is awesome. Hold on, I'm trying to grab the other. I close out of the notes, sorry. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if there's anything else in here that I want to really discuss too much. I did find one of the first products I wrote in Python, which I put in Safari. Um, it's just a drum and bass generator. Go ahead and check it out. It's super annoying because it only has a eight notes to randomize from oh, but yeah. pretty interesting i guess if you are into randomly generated music it's called aleatoric chance music um if you like yeah. apex twin the answer is you like randomly generated music <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's pretty cool i was trying to experiment with like similarly it's like oh kind of like write something to just write music for me and then yeah it makes pretty good uh i'm in break uh bass tracks i always wanted to uh Oh, God. Oh, if you're going to stick on the music thing, go with that. I was going to say, uh, I always wanted to make like a uh, an IBS that, uh, depending on the severity of alerts that are coming in, like if they, you start getting a high severity alerts, it like, it's playing music and then like, if they're getting a high severity, it starts getting like really grimy like drum and bass <laughs> yeah gabber when you're getting ddos yeah yeah <laughs> like an outage is just like this is a huge bass drum right, right. <laughs> with the sample the system is down <laughs> well, what were you gonna um, say to you though so you just mentioned there was that bug with uh there was something in keybase that i missed i'm not a huge keybase fan yeah i didn't see that i've been locked out of my account for over a year do you have a link, Crucis? Let's go.
Where's your link? Can you bring it up? Nope. Too fast. <sighs> cool. No. Um, I guess we could talk about it next week. Um, maybe we can get cruises to come on here. Um, but yeah. Um, all right. We should get going. I'm like super tired. I have to wake up early and demo a thing. Hey, uh, you mind if I plug uh some of the hack in the box or hack the box stuff I've been doing? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I, it's it's pretty random, so I I can't say hey join me at a specific time, but straight up I like just any time at night. Uh, you may happen to see that I'm online streaming. Come join and uh, hang out, and it's. A lot of fun. I, I, yeah, Shell, you've been on like, uh, everybody's welcome, uh, including everybody here and uh, people listening. Uh, and it's just, it's not, it's not about showing off your leanness. It's more about just kind of learning uh, and doing technique. So. Yeah, uh, upgrade said you did a session with him. Yeah, with yeah. Yeah, I think we did uh, two actually, uh, and, and they they were challenging us out, not because it was like finding a specific memory register or anything crazy like that. It was just it it took some thinking, and it took some uh, strategy to get to where we needed to go, but it's uh it's cool insight. Um, into something that I, I truly was going to give up on it uh, a long time ago because it was taking a long time to get through these boxes. And uh, I, I've i since come to realize that it's normal to take a long time to get through boxes. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, I think it's a good demonstration of you if I can do it, anybody can do it. Because I'm terrible at it. <laughs> Honestly, hack the box stuff is very, very challenging. A lot of people like, I don't know. There's a weird sort of elitism with it. But then also, there's just people that are really good at solving those specific things, and then in the real world would like be caught immediately. Um, because a lot of people yeah. do things like it's, it's it's tough to teach the the specific skills of I guess. Maybe, maybe it's called red teaming rather than specifically pen testing of like doing something where you have to be an actual bad guy because you can sit there and I remember when I was going through Hack the Box originally it was doing like the sort of like you know enumeration stuff and like if you can just run the scripts endlessly it's like yeah it's you can eventually figure it out but it's not always the case in the real world so it, it's I feel like a lot of people take for granted the fact that Hack the box is usually particularly challenging, and it's you know not necessarily realistic, but that's part of the fun is that it's a, more of a riddle. Or Ian Coleman calls them escape rooms. Um, yeah, but escape, also yeah. like, it, yeah, definitely like what you're saying. Like in like, challenges like that, you can just fill up Vilog. Like who cares? Is, is Vilog not dev null? Like right? Yeah. yeah, they're not looking at it at all. Like it and yeah, it's. I, that's a free idea for somebody. Uh, step the game up, make a new type of CTF that there's an active blue team, 
hinted that might actually be something really cool. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, there's there's exercises like that, but it's probably definitely more private than public. Yeah, CCDC is like, like uh, my personal favorite. <laughs> yeah, well, like I guess that's the other side, but also they're doing uh, CPTC or something like that. I don't know. That there's a there's a pen testing version of CCDC for college students to uh, actually try to attack systems in teams. With Yeah. Oh wow, that's I believe cool. so. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. So like yeah. I'm pen test where you have like uh, two pe like the, every team is also as like offensive and defensive people, so you capture. Like and everything that you attack has multiple ways to attack it, so you can capture people like what people are doing to you, patch it, and then use it against other people as well. So like, yeah. all kind of, like, those attack defends are next level, and I want there to be more of those. I think yeah, Thug Crowd should uh, should try and do it. We'll yeah, <laughs> I just dropped a link in the chat. It's nationalcptc.org. Uh, if you wanted to check it out. Thing of CTCP, getting versions in time. <laughs> uh, some of you guys that are writing the the Thug Crowd uh, challenges are evil geniuses like RKU and you, and, like all y'all. <laughs> you guys are nuts. So like I I have full faith in the Thug Crowd <laughs> to be able to put together some really cool stuff. Yeah, we still have a meeting about uh, the IoTCTF um, and getting it together. It turns out to be a lot of more, I mean, clearly a lot more infrastructure than we might have expected. But it's definitely something we want to do for something like this because, and there's been a lot of really cool development for it. So we will have an update for next week. I'm going to have next week off. So I'll be able to catch up on a lot of the stuff that I've not been able to from having a, a job. Um, so. Definitely try to update for next week <laughs> a little bit about what we can do for IoT CTF. Sweet. Sounds good. But yeah, I guess that about does it though. Unless anybody has any last words before we get going? Shut the fuck up and get a lore. True. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much that. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much that. That's all you really need. Um, yeah, so we'll be back next week. Um, we're still trying to do these um, these little, what are they called, short episodes, where they just talk about the news. But I kind of like this format a bit better. A lot less stressful. You kind of just talk about whatever and then finish whenever. Yeah, no breaks edit out. Pretty clean. Push it. Woohoo! Um, so yeah, we'll be back wait, wait. next week. Might have a guest. Who knows? I feel like I feel like a. What's it called? Like a newly divorced like person. So might you know, might as well go out to the bar, might go, you know, ride the Ferris wheel at the carnival. Like who knows? Anything goes here. Like yeah. yeah. No. We're um, loving all the wrong okay. places. Yeah. <laughs> take some fly ass pictures by cheese. <laughs> I'm gonna take a selfie from underneath, um, directly from Facebook. Um yeah. Let's uh just sign off tonight. Bye. Yeah.